Hi, this is Pastor Anthony, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in to our IES Encounter podcast. I hope you've encountered God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit through the preached Word of God. May His Word continue to permeate in your hearts and result in changed lives. God bless you. Happy Sunday, IES Encounter family, and welcome back to our online service. And friends, I know that nothing we do for the Lord is ever meaningless or goes wasted. We will definitely reap what we sow. And we know that as we draw near to God, as we make time for Him, He draws near to us. And when we are in His presence, that's right, wherever you may be right now, wherever you're watching this, God is there with you. So my prayer is that you would be more aware of God's presence. And when you're aware of His presence, that you will encounter Him. You will encounter His love, His mercy, and His grace. So my prayer is just that, that as you take the time to draw near to God, to hear His word, that you will experience the power of His word. You will experience His grace, His mercy, and His love. Lord, we've come back to you. We want to learn from your word today. Would you speak to us? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So if you're just joining us, we are in week four of looking at the Lord's Prayer. And today we're going to focus on the prayer for forgiveness of our sins. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6 from Kingdom New Testament. It's a version written by N.T. Wright. And last week I mentioned that a bulk of the resources um, that I'm using is from Professor N.T. Wright for this sermon series. The prayer goes, Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. As in heaven, so on earth. Give us today the bread we need now. And forgive us the things we owe, as we too have forgiven what was owed to us. Friends, if you missed last week's service, you could go back on our YouTube channel. It's IES Encounter. Make sure you watch that. And... For those of you who were with us last week, I hope you were daring enough and bold enough to pray that prayer. Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart. Amen. So this week, we're going to look at the forgiveness prayer. So what do we need to know about this prayer? Well, two things. First of all, it's a new covenant prayer. And secondly, it's kingdom prayer. What do I mean by new covenant prayer? Well, We find in several different places in the Old Testament that God talks about this new covenant that He makes with His people. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, God says, I will forgive their wickedness, the wickedness of His people. They they were um, false worship. There was idolatry, social injustice, false prophets. The the priests were... um, They were greedy. They were not serving the people. So God says, I will forgive their wickedness. I will no longer remember their sins. In Ezekiel chapter 36, God talks about the cleansing of the sins and the blessing that comes with that. This is what the sovereign Lord says. When I cleanse you from your sins, I will repopulate your cities. The ruins will be rebuilt. The field that was empty and it was desolate in plain view everyone will see that it's been farmed. He says he's going to bring back his people. The former wasteland is going to look like the Garden of Eden. The abandoned cities um, are now have strong walls and filled with people. The surrounding nations that survive will know 
that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruins, replanted the wasteland. For I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I say. Friends, God is who He says He is. We can trust that. And God will do what He says He will do. In Isaiah chapter 42 to 55, it talks about the promise of comfort because the Lord has dealt with the sins of His people. In Isaiah 43, we see that God says, I'm going to do a new thing. I've begun it. In Isaiah 54, He talks about the covenant of peace. He says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace will be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. And again, in chapter 55 of Isaiah, um, it says, Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that He may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to God, for He will forgive generously. So the prayer for the forgiveness of sin is essentially the new covenant prayer. It's also the kingdom prayer. So forgiveness of sin is part of the blessing of God's kingdom. Part of your kingdom come and your will be done. It's part of that is the blessing, the forgiveness of sins. You see, Jesus went around in His public ministry and He was forgiving of people's sin. It's a common knowledge during that time that only God can do such thing. And Jesus is boldly proclaiming that He's forgiving sins. Therefore, He is essentially saying that He Himself is God, or the Son of God, or equal to God. And that's why they wanted to kill Him. So the forgiveness of sin process during that time was the people had to go to the temple. They had to bring the animal sacrifice, and then the priests would assure of their forgiveness. Now Jesus is proclaiming the new way. He's proclaiming the kingdom way. He's proclaiming the new covenant way in and through His public ministry, which is His death and resurrection. Paul teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For God made Christ, who had no sin, to be the offering of sin, for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So Jesus, who was not, who didn't have any sin, became the offering for our sin. John 1, 29 says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In the old process, the people had to bring their sacrifice to the temple. Well, now Jesus becomes the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for our sins. So He, he paid the wages of our sin. He paid the debt. He became the ransom for our sins. And so when we pray, Lord, forgive us of our debts, again, we're taken back to this um, an Old Testament concept. It's called the year of Jubilee, that God commanded His people every seven years to forgive the debts of each other. So we're praying this sense of releasement, of the sense of sigh that the burden has been taken away from us. So when we're praying for the forgiveness of our sin, again, it's praying the blessing of the new covenant. And that blessing is not just forgiveness, but reconciliation with God and one another. So before we move on, we're going to watch a video of Pastor Mike. He's going to address some practical questions that I've asked him ahead of time about prayer. So let's watch together. Hi there, Encounter. We're really glad to have you in our home. 
and I get to answer a few questions that Pastor Anthony passed along regarding prayer. The first question is, do we have to pray out loud? Well, no, we don't have to pray out loud. Can we pray in silent? Yes, we can pray silently. I pray out loud and I pray silently, and both are valid. Now, should we pray alone? Yes. Should we pray with our family? Yes. Should we pray with our BFGF? Well, if you have a BF or a GF, yes, you should pray. If you're married, you should not pray with your BFGF unless it's your spouse. You might want to edit that out. Should we pray with our friends? Actually, that's a perfect thing to do. It's good to pray with your friends, etc. Who else do we pray with? Well, we pray with the body of Christ. We pray with other believers. We pray with people who are in need. We pray with people who are struggling. And we pray with people who are celebrating. Actually, the Bible tells us that we should bring God into every circumstance. And we do that through communion with him in prayer, in thanksgiving, in worship, in praying for healing, and all sorts of things. So whenever we're communicating with God, that is prayer. So then the question is asked, does God have a preference for silent prayer or praying alone or for others, with others? Does God have a preference on silent or out loud prayer? Now, I think for me, the question comes back to that very first question. Do I have to pray out loud? Why am I asking it that way? Why am I saying, do I have to? When my kids say, do I have to, they're usually saying, I don't want to do what you want me to do, Dad. And I think for some of us, we say that when we're fearing doing something that God might want us to do. And in that situation, I think what we really need to do is confront our fear. Whether God is interested in out loud prayer or not, we need to ask, why am I afraid to speak out loud? Am I embarrassed of God? Am I uncomfortable about speaking to God? I shouldn't be. And so maybe I need to confront that. Because in fact, a lot of us think that prayer is about just asking God for stuff and letting him take care of it. But really, prayer is very much about me being humble before God and setting aside my agenda and pursuing God's agenda by praying for the things that God wants to accomplish. I am saying, God, I want to do your will. Put your will into me. And the same thing can happen at times with praying out loud. I've had a number of people in my church along the way who were very uncomfortable with praying out loud, but we talked about it and they realized it was holding them back from their growing in their walk with God because they were self-conscious instead of God-conscious. If you're self-conscious instead of God-conscious, then yes, you probably need to pray out loud. But you know, you don't have to pray out loud in front of people. You can pray out loud in private. I pray out loud when I pray alone. I also pray silently when I pray alone. I pray out loud when I pray for other people. Some of you have had me pray over you before. I don't scream and shout and yell, but I do pray out loud. I don't embarrass anybody, but I do pray out loud. Does God need me to pray out loud? No, he doesn't need me to. But maybe I need to because of what I'm doing. 
If I'm praying for someone to be healed, then I want them to hear the prayer, just as God hears the prayer. Remember, Jesus prayed out loud so that his disciples could hear him pray, so they could learn how to pray, but they could also understand what he was communicating with God. And so we do that, and it's very valid to pray out loud. And if you're afraid to pray out loud, confront your fear. Challenge yourself to grow in your faith. How about praying alone? Yes, you should pray alone. You should have personal alone prayer time. But you should also pray with people that you value and trust, people that are encouraging you in your walk, your life group, your BFGF, your spouse, whomever it is that is close to you. I pray with my wife every night. I pray with my kids almost every day. Uh, It's valuable to pray with one another. When someone else is praying, I'm agreeing with their prayer. When I am praying, they are agreeing with my prayer. And God talks about us praying together in a corporate gathering sense, that it's a valid expression of our faith in Him. So all of these things are valuable, and we really should be willing to challenge ourselves to grow in that. So today, end of service, instead of praying silently, you know what you could do? You could do a whisper prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for all the awesome stuff you've done in my life. Or you could just pray out loud like a normal person and talk to God like he's your friend. Because really, that's what he wants you to do. Anyway, I hope these answered some of your questions about prayer. And yes, I look forward to hearing more. You can always talk to me on the side, WhatsApp me or call me or whatever if you've got more questions. God bless you guys. We love you, Encounter. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for answering um, our questions and for um, assuring us that prayer is just communicating with God, regardless if we pray out loud, if we pray silently, if we whisper. He hears us, and He delights in answering our prayer. And friends, I've said this a couple weeks ago, the things that you need in your life, the things that I need in my life, the answers is just one prayer away. So what are we waiting for? Let's take the time together right now and pray. There's going to be a timer on the screen. I want us to take the opportunity to give thanks to our God or to let Him know of our concerns, of our stress, our worries, our anxieties. He's ready to embrace you. He's ready to answer your prayers. So let's take a minute and to pray right now.
Let's continue our study. So the forgiveness of our sins or the forgiveness of our debts, as I said before, it's part of the blessing of the kingdom of God. And it's actually has always been about forgiveness. As we read in the Old Testament, it's about God forgiving His people, the Israelites. And we read John 3.16, that God so loved the world, right? He forgave the entire world of, his, of our sins. So God is forgiving your sins and my sins in and through the public ministry of Jesus, which is His death and His resurrection. And because of that, we have a new status. We are now forgiven people. We've been made right with God. We're no longer sinners. Jesus has paid the debt of our sin. There's no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. And so, friends, as forgiven people, we are to forgive other people. As forgiven people, we are to forgive others. It's not just about receiving forgiveness from God. See, God wants us, Jesus wants us to partake in the ministry of forgiveness. He went around forgiving the sins of people, and only God can do that. And God has given us the, be, uh, the opportunity to be godlike by forgiving the sins of those who have sinned against us. So forgiveness of our debts is just the first part. It's just one part of the prayer. It's not complete until we pray the second half or the rest of the prayer. It goes, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. See, Jesus was inaugurating the new covenant. He went around assuring the forgiveness of sin. Jesus was also inaugurating the kingdom way. And Jesus wants us to participate in that work. He wants to establish a new way of living. We as God's children, our Father wants His family to be a family who practices forgiveness, who not only receive forgiveness, but we would extend forgiveness to other people as well. Jesus expresses this in Matthew chapter 18 in the parable of the unforgiving or the unmerciful debtor. There was a servant who owed a king millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered him to be sold. Not only him, but with his wife, his children, and everything he owned so that he could pay the king back. But the man who owed money, he fell down before the king and he begged them, please be patient with me. Give me more time. I will pay it all. The master was filled with pity. He released him and forgave his debt. Millions of dollars. And as the man left the king, he bumped into someone who owed him money, only a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him and he demanded for that man to pay him back right away. But that man who owed him money, the few thousand dollars, he fell before him and he begged for more time. He says, be patient. Give me more time. I will pay it. But he didn't. He had him arrested, put in prison until his debt could be paid. Well, the king found out about it, and he was outraged. He says, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he has paid his entire debt. And that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. 
Friends, forgiveness is a choice that we must make. If we choose not to forgive, this is what N.T. Wright says, when we shut the door on forgiving others, essentially we are also doing the same with God's forgiveness. So the scripture tells us that forgiveness comes from the heart. Why? Because from the heart, everything, life flows from it. So God was not pleased with this servant because he didn't extend the same mercy and forgiveness as he received. So the bottom line is this. This is what we need to learn today. This is what we have to live out in our daily lives. Forgiven people, which is you and I, must forgive others. Forgiven people forgive others. People who receive mercy and grace from the Lord should be merciful and graceful towards others. This is what God wants from His children. This is what God wants us from, from us today. This is what He wants to establish. This is what He wants from you and from me. God has extended His mercy and His grace. He has forgiven us. Now He wants us to be merciful, graceful, and forgiving to other people as well. So this is what we need to do. We've learned um, about the prayer itself. Now we must be doers of the word. This is what we need to do. First, we must receive God's forgiveness. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. We all have sin. We all need forgiveness of sin. As I read earlier, Jeremiah 31, 34, says, I will forgive their wickedness. I will no longer remember their sins. Only God has the capacity to forgive and to forget. So when God forgives your sins and my sins, He no longer remembers them as if we've never done it at all. He cleanses us from the inside out. 1 John 1 verse 9 in the Amplified says, If we freely admit that we have sinned, and confess of our sins, He is faithful and just, true to His own nature and promise, and He will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with His will and His purpose. So this is what I want you to do. I want to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins because we all sin. We all fall short of God's glory. Lord Jesus, we've come to you, we've asked for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now friends, as you ask for forgiveness and you receive that forgiveness, now you have to live out that forgiveness. Well, I'd love to continue that journey with you. We'd love for you to be connected to our community, for you to walk together with the Encounter family, um, because you and I, we're not meant to live out our faith alone. We are created for community, for fellowship. So that's the first thing. We need to receive, we need to ask and receive the forgiveness from Christ. Secondly, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, meaning letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. Friends, the second part that we need to do it's time to let go. It's time to let God deal with your heart. It's time for, for you to allow God to heal your heart. Allow God to deal with the person who has wronged you, who has hurt you or betrayed you. 
or perhaps cheated on you or stabbed you in the back or gossiped about you, it's time to let that go right this moment, right now. It's time to let God to deal with your heart, to heal your heart. I know this, this is very hard and it takes a lot of effort to do this on our own. You know what? It takes more effort to hold on to unforgiveness. When we don't forgive one another, we, we're actually binding ourselves up. We're chaining ourselves up. And it's time to allow Jesus to break those chains from us. We can't do this on our own. We need Jesus to help us, to help us to let go, to forgive those who have hurt us. Why? Because Jesus knows our pain. He knows that the disappointments, the anger, He knows all about betrayal. But yet, He forgive. Yet, He willingly gave His life as a ransom for your sins and my sins. Jesus is the only person that can help us to let go of those unforgiveness. Jesus can help us to release the unforgiveness in our lives and for us to receive healing and peace. So I pray that process would begin for you and for anyone who's watching this. I pray that you would receive this healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you heal the hearts of your people? Heal the hearts of those, all of us who are watching this right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. What an amazing God we have. Our debts has been paid. We're forgiven. We have a new status. We're reconciled with God. And now it's time to reconcile with one another. Let's begin this new start together. So friends, now go scatter as the church. Be the church. Go with the love of the Father, with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the anointing and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen.